thanks Peter, thanks Logan, and thanks Fazana for um for kindly taking out your time um uh, Saturday afternoon to join us um for this um discussion session. Okay, so for this um uh, discussion session is um the topic is the relevance of Isaac to Singapore from past to present. So um to start off the discussion, um maybe uh, Peter, would you want to do a self-introduction about um, what you did <clears throat> Isaac at the time? Okay, maybe I become a storyteller. <laughs> How Isaac started, okay? I think uh, Logan and uh, Fazana may heard this before. Uh, I bumped into Isaac by accident. Yeah, because uh, those days, um, very few people were able to go on overseas trip, traineeship and all that. Because air travel was expensive expensive you know so i was in the second year and i was approached by my classmate daniel we daniel we happens to be the first president of isaac singapore so those days uh, there was this program called the ldp program leadership development program ldp leadership development program mm. where the more established isaac country will pay for one student from a more developed more underdeveloped country to, to visit them and to train them. So they offered one LDP to Singapore. So the first candidate, of course, was Daniel Wee, right? But Daniel Wee, being an army scholar, um, Dr. Gokwingsi did not allow him to, to go. So he couldn't. So this thing was open to the rest. And uh, Irene Ho, who used to work with a uh, new nation, a very uh, famous journalist, was the next uh, candidate. But you know, Japan, uh, being uh, Japanese, they prefer to have men. So she was also rejected. So therefore, Daniel opened up to, to his class, uh, which is actually BBA year two. So three of us uh, bid, bid, for the, bid for the position. Myself, Wee Tiong Hao, and a guy called Yo Hong Ti. So three of us make a bid, okay, make a pact among three of us. Anyone to go over to the LDP will come back as a president and the other hmm. two will support. That was very good, okay? So I, I really don't know what is Isaac all about. First thing I knew was Isaac, I thought it was Isaac. I-S-A-A-C, you know? The name Isaac. But it wasn't, you know? And uh, so they said, okay, to test all of you, please write a paper outlining the plan that you're going to have for Isaac when you come back as president of Isaac Singapore. And I got a job, lah. I got a traineeship. So I went to Japan, you know, and uh, it was really a very eye-opener for me. Uh, those days, uh, you know, wonton noodle in Singapore is only $3. Oh, sorry, 30 cents. Wonton noodle, 30 cents, okay? Takwetia, mm. 20 cents. You bring your own egg. And when I went to Japan, the first shock I had was from the airport to my, to the, to my, what do you call that, the, uh, reception officer's house, which is only maybe about 11 kilometers away, cost me nearly uh, nearly $20 sing, which is a lot of money, you know? Okay? But I really learned a lot in Japan, okay? I was uh, attached to Olivetti, which is actually a Italian company. Olivetti didn't change with time. It used to be the number one in uh, typewriter and calculator. But they did not pursue the personal computer so Olivetti was out of the situation, uh, out of the out of business, okay. Mm. And 
I was attached to Olivetti on the rotation to the various department. So it gave me a very good training in terms of general management. And I was the first Isaac trainee from Singapore. So during the weekdays, I attend, I attend, the, I attend uh, Olivetti training. And in the, in the evening, I meet up with uh, a lot of Isaacers. In the weekend, I join the Isaac meetings. And um, the way they run Isaac Japan was uh, like a multinational, you know? They got national committee, they got regional committee, they got local committee. Mm. And they were very professional. Apparently, the seniors, those in the fourth year, don't go to school. They just go around uh, carrying their Apache case, racing traineeship, and also trying to get jobs, getting <laughs> jobs interview for themselves. Mm. So it's a different kind of uh, experience for me. So through that, I learned uh, on the job training. At the same time, I learned about Isaac, the whole compendium, how they run Isaac, and I meet a lot of uh, foreign friends. So they also got a summer school training program, and I joined them, okay? It was very exciting. So all the weekend, we were with the Isaacers. So I learned all the dirty, all the bad habits uh, of taking sushi with a lot of wasabi, <laughs> uh, a lot of sake drinking, uh, and a lot of uh, fellowship. It was really a big, uh, good experience for me. After the traineeship, I did not come back to Singapore straight away. I went to Taiwan, I went to Hong Kong, I went to Thailand, and I also went to KL. So actually, I came back to school late, two weeks late, you know. In those days, uh, being late for school is a terrible thing. But we got a very good dean who was very understanding. So I managed to get all the exemptions. So, but having, having said that, when I visited the various countries, I made a lot of good friends. And they're still my friends today, okay? And uh, I was caught in a student riot in Bangkok. There was a time when there's this anti-Japanese sentiment, the student riot. They were fighting against the Japanese uh, intrusion of business and so on. And I got stuck in, uh, in uh, Bangkok for two weeks. Mm. And I visited the Kamase University and so on. It was quite frightening. You really can see the tanks and everything, you know. But having said that, it was a really a good experience for me. And actually, students, okay, can change the destiny of country. And it happened, okay, in uh, in uh, Manila, you know, when they, they fought against uh, Marcos and Aquino came in, and so many, so many other places, uh, in uh, also in China and also in uh, in, in Korea. So student organizations and students are actually the game changer and the change leaders of tomorrow. So you as students play a very important role in also shaping the destiny of your country. Okay. So after that, I came back to Singapore and I became a president and I decided to, to look for my successor. And I got a few uh, nice, uh, good uh, local committee president. Uh, both in Singapore and also in Nanyang U. That's how I started. And then I continued uh, Isaac since that day, and I never stopped. So I became the, what do you call that? Huh? After they got an immediate past president, but they call it, they give a term, I forgot already. I stayed for three years, and then I left, and I, I formed the alumni. I became the alumni chairman. That was in 1976. And then I continued, and I, joined as a board member since 1986. So I've been a board member for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So that's my history. 
thank thanks thanks so much. So what would you say would be the what like what are the key activities that Isaac was doing from the time um that you were the president until uh, maybe the 1990s? Of course the international traineeship is the the pillar of uh, Isaac and also we run a lot of the seminars. But now these seminars are so many. Those days seminar was actually money making for us. And uh, we got uh, Alan Pamaraja to be the to be the chairman for many, many of these seminars. And also we also have a regional study tour. We got joint motivation seminar with uh, Malaysia, Thailand, and so on. Uh, we also have a lot of um, what they call personal training program. And also uh, we have uh, talks from uh, from businessmen to give us a, 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 an understanding of what they are doing in the business world. So it's almost the same, but different form and different style. Mm -hmm. How about like the membership? Like were the members all um, part of the participants who, who, who went on these programs or, or, on, or they were just like the ones who are running this? Okay, uh, local committees, there are many other people who are like what you call now talent management, that means the management side. These are the people whom are leaderships, leadership or leadership quality, and we, we we use them to organize things. Yeah. So they are organizers. And then they are the participants who will actually participate in the subcommittees to run all these various programs. And of course they are participants. And a lot of them uh, would like to go for traineeship. But those days traineeships are difficult to come by. Yeah. So it was uh, quite competitive. Yeah. Mm, okay, okay. Um, and then after that, Isaac was in the 1990s, then uh, we know there was like the Asian financial crisis, right? So um, Logan, you were the president at the time. So what what happened when you took over? Okay, uh, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Logan. I was in um, NTU from 96 to 99. I was in accounting, uh, then I stayed on to be the, a full-time staff of Isaac in Singapore and then subsequently a full-time staff of Isaac in US. Uh, so during my time, um, it was a transition because I was the last uh, national committee president and then sub after me was the first member committee president. When I first joined Isaac in my first year, frankly, we were doing a lot of things that are not really about uh, the exchange program. And if I may say, a lot of the programs are, they, they, are, re they are relevant for the time because, for example, we were running uh, IT-related uh, like um, so-called exhibitions. So there's something called IT City, which has like about a hundred members running it. Okay. So because at that time it was like creative, um, creative technologies was like a, a brand that uh, Singapore was very proud of. And then we were, uh, IT was, you know, it was the emergence of technology. So it was relevant as a topic. Okay. Uh, IT. And then we were running other things, of course, like the financial future games and the stock and mm. games, things like that. So if you ask me, I think um, 
the, the way I look at it, just to I, I, I think the initial years, or rather even during my time, my experience of ISAC is that um, we were running a lot of programs that's mainly about ourselves. Okay? Like it's about me, 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 me. Like how do I develop myself? How do I, how do I um, have better skills? So it's very, in, in my opinion now, okay, it's very me-centric. Okay, it's about enhancing your skills, enhancing your own employability, um, things like that. So what I, it's interesting that after more than, like, I mean, since 1999 till now, it's about 20 years. So what I would say is that nowadays, if I see someone and then, because I still meet a lot of my Isaac friends, it's mm -hmm. like, and then, there are a lot of very successful people, okay? Um, but I don't necessarily associate them as Isaacers, okay? So those, interestingly, that I look at them, like, wow, that's an Isaacer, is usually someone who they have pretty much like a worldview. Worldview meaning that they are not necessarily all interested in just themselves. It's not about just them. So somehow uh, their concern extend beyond them and more into issues that maybe the ho hopefully either Singapore is dealing with or wherever they are, they are dealing with or whether the world is dealing with. So those are the people I, I call Isaacers. So that, then there are of course others who join Isaac and are very competent in terms of the skills that, that we have because you know we know project management and then we communicate, we can talk, we can write, mm -hmm. things like that. But to me, that's not what uh, differentiates an Isaacer from someone else. So uh, yeah, so I, I, I think that's how I see and I see actually more and more of the Isaacers who came after me, maybe because of the nature of the program, how that has changed, mm. that I'm seeing that there are, and of course I interact with quite a lot of them also. I, I see that, I think what's quite gratifying is seeing that there, there are more and more people who are interested in like so-called solving the world's problem. So that's what I would say. Logan, you were in US for a period of time. Um, like, I'm sure that the activities um, was definitely different. Like the activities that were conducted in Singapore and activities in US, they were like probably different. So how, how do you think like these activities were relevant to the society that they were in? Mm, I mean, at that time, okay, uh, US, because they have something called the J1 visa, which is a training visa for about a year and a half. So, when I was in Silicon Valley in 99, it was a dot-com boom, okay? So I, was, I spent a year in uh, the Bay Area, and then after a year, I got transferred to the headquarters that is in New York. So um, during that time, it was a tech, uh, the dot-com boom. So the relevance of what Isaac could bring at that time, right? Again, I'm not talking about necessarily about... Um, oh, okay, to put it simply... The business need that Isaac was fulfilling at that time was that there was not enough uh, talent 
pool within the Silicon Valley. Like like everybody, because everybody is um you know that is flush with cash. Uh, everybody is in a dot com. Everybody is starting a company. Uh, that was before the crash. Uh, okay, and then so uh basically um there was a shortage of uh so called skilled talent or talents in general. So a lot of them use the i uh the Isaac J one program. Okay, because uh the H one B visa which is like our version of the employment pass, uh, is, comes with a lot more requirements and things like that. So they then went with the J visa to get in all these uh, people from abroad. So of course, there were our own trainees, like people who came through our system. And then there were also others where simply uh, the company already found a person, okay, it's like a recent graduate. And then somehow needed your visa, you know? So mm -hmm. the big difference between the US and Singapore is that uh, the US ISAC has the ability to issue a J visa, whereas for us, we pretty much do what a company does, which is to just apply to MOM for a, a, whether it's an S pass or, or an employment pass, right? So because of that so-called competitive advantage, uh, or rather the limit in supply of, of the J1 visas and the limit in supply of talent. So they were doing a lot of uh, so-called business lah, in that sense. So, um, so there is a clear case where Isaac had something to offer to them uh, that fulfills their business needs at that time, okay? Around getting overseas people into the US legally and then, of course, there's a, a those who did it through the system also tap on the uh, Isaac's pool of talent uh, that are in short supply in the valley. So, mm. um, if you ask me the relevance for, for that time, that would be why it is. I mean, in preparation, if I may say, because I don't know what questions you'll be asking subsequently, but one of the things that, I mean, if we are talking about relevancy, right, I think really the thing that um, probably uh, we need to figure out is how is relevant, how, how is ISAC relevant or how is ISAC Singapore relevant today? Okay, so that is something that we have to ponder about like, because like during Peter's time, people weren't traveling a lot, right? But now... Before you are 10, you already maybe visited more places than many of the people who visited in their entire lifetime, right? Everybody goes on trips every year. So air travel is cheap. People can communicate. Uh, I mean, you everybody has, you know, virtual friends internationally and things like that. So really, what what is the problem that ISAC is trying to solve today, you know? So that is something that we should be asking ourselves. And if there's a difficulty in filling, for example, leadership roles, right? I think it probably has something to do with that as well. What is the what? How is Isaac relevant to the lives of the, your, your the people around your age nowadays? Mm. Mm, okay, thanks a lot for um, the sharing. So fast forward, uh, now we fast forward fifteen years. Um, it will be in 2013, and that was the time where uh, we had like 
one of the highest um, overseas exchange numbers. So uh, maybe Fazana, would you want to um, share with us about your experiences at the time and what was Isaac Singapore doing? Sure. Uh, so if I sound a bit like groggy it's because I just woke up, it's actually 8.30 a.m. in Switzerland. Uh, so in the 2013, I think Logan has touched a lot of those points. So I think there, there were three major things that was happening in that time. I think one, overseas experiences were readily available. So it's not just Isaac that was providing this unique point, but like if you look in schools, people were doing overseas volunteer trips, people were taking semest semesters abroad. So we really had like this identity crisis where we had to be clear what was the value that Isaac was providing. Uh, and to us, it was really the leadership piece that we were enabling through these international experiences. I think the second unique point that we also drove was about the network that we have in Isaac. Uh, because yes, people had overseas trips, semesters abroad, but like if you think about it, how many people could say that I went to volunteer in Uganda or in uh, Europe, right? So we really also showcased the power of the Isaac network. Uh, and that was a key differentiating point for us. Um, I think the second second thing that we observed uh, in 2013 was also students were getting a lot of uh, passion and focus around social issues. So even in, in schools, people were talking about sustainability, poverty, climate. So again, where Isaac came into play was also we were telling people, hey guys, we, we have partnership with like so many countries. You actually have the opportunity to contribute in the area that you're passionate about. Uh, and that also was another key push for people to want to go for the, uh, like at that time it was called uh, DT, right? Mm. Uh, and I think internally in Isaac, uh, Isaac was on this 20, Isaac 2015 ambition. Uh, and really the goal was to become the largest student leadership organization, right? So, mm. For me as MCP, if you want to be known as the largest student organization, you first, you, people need to know about Isaac. Uh, and secondly, you cannot say that you're the largest student organization if you only do 10 exchanges a year. So we really had mm. to, to do this through increasing our recruitment, to, through getting people to go for more exchanges. And, and we did that. I think we ended the year with about 400 exchanges that year. Uh, and... In Isaac International, the even the president, the PAI was also saying, guys, we need to be clear. What is the value that Isaac is contributing in your country? You need to know this. If not, people won't feel the need to want to go for an Isaac experience, right? And mm -hmm. so when we came back from international IPM or from IC, like what we did was we we sat with the 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 L, uh, LCEBs and we say, guys, let's let's sit together and let's discuss like what is the unique value that Isaac brought and like for us it's really in Singapore is developing leadership to operate in a multicultural environment because if you know like Singapore is super international you have so many people from all different backgrounds and I can I can tell you like being in Europe now having to do a role in a very different environment like this has served me so well to be to have gotten the experience of working in a multicultural uh, environment uh, the second thing we said is uh, developing leadership that 
enables you to be adaptable to change, which is again another thing that we are all going through with COVID. Uh, and I'm sure like Logan and Peter also has many different crises that they've seen in the past that I, I'm sure they've gotten the leadership skills to be able to navigate through. Uh, and I think lastly is, I think when I was growing up in Singapore, like there wasn't like Singapore was thriving, you know, we've, we've become this like, you know, very developed country. So like through Isaac, I've learned to pick up uh, an interest in issues beyond myself, like beyond just studying, but really looking at, you know, what are issues that I want to stand for and contribute in. Uh, and also having a point of view, uh, which I think might not be maybe important in the beginning of your career where you're just trying to execute and do well. But if you want to go into a higher leadership position, you need you need to be able to show your critical thinking. You need to be able to to have a point of view about many things uh, to show, you know, your, your, your voice. Yeah. And I think Isaac was that platform because uh, yeah, in conferences, we sit down, we talk about all these world issues and, you know, it really prepares you uh, when you're going out into the working world um, to, yeah, to, to always do that. Yeah. To never just sit behind, but to always speak up when, when there's things that you're passionate about. So I think those were the three main things uh, that, was happening in 2013 and um, starting on that journey of identifying what is Isaac's relevancy has been super critical in enabling the exchange numbers that we were able to deliver. Thank you, Peter, Logan, and Fazana for sharing with us about your past Isaac experiences as well as the relevance of Isaac to Singapore back in your days. And this wraps up part one of our discussion with our past MCPs. Stay tuned for the second part where both MC1920 and MC2021 come on board this conversation as we all talk about how Isaac and Singapore can move forward together.